0: there's such thing as too much of a good thing. <laughs> and so more pizza parties, for example, that's engagement, but is that gonna save people from leaving a company, right? right. More outings with the team, right? Potentially could bring people together and, and, and instill connectivity. But the more you multiply these types of activities and things, is it really making a true difference in a, in a person's day-to-day and what their perception is about them, their role, their contributions to the business, their growth trajectory, and how connected they feel to your brand, enough to want to stay and and actually make a long career of of their time within your company.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. Do not adjust your TV set. I am not Devin Foster, but this is Talent Experience Live. I am John Deal. And I am joined today by Mr. John Harrington. John, thank you for being here.
0: Thanks for having me on, John. It's good to have two Johns. It's always a good day to have two Johns on a TXL.
1: And we're going to talk today a little bit about skills jargon. So untangling the workforce intelligence word web, which the title itself is uh, a word web, I think. Um, So uh, jargon, I was listening. Listening to uh, a customer the other day, and they they said, "I hate jargon," and, and uh, it's jargon is uh, you know you, you're in meetings and you play like corporate jargon bingo, and um, even the think outside the box uh, painting we have in the office is like jargon is it can be annoying, it can be um, complicated, it can also be very misleading.
0: Yeah, and distracting from why these words even exist in the first place, and taking meaning. Away from them when too many words are being thrown out there with not enough definition around why they're important and what they actually should be taken into account for. So the whole point of today's episode is to, as the tongue twister title indicates, untangle it a little bit and, and get to the facts of why these words exist and what they mean, and and what people in the town management type uh, capacity or even town acquisition. Can take away from them, and and how can that impact strategy, decision making, and um, you know future objectives being met?
1: Yep. So we're not going to untangle the uh, passive-aggressive nature of things like per my email. We're going to focus on things related to skills today, right? So um, a lot of uh, a lot of the skills conversation has been going on for a long time. This is not a new conversation. Uh, Skills have been central as uh, as Jess Elmquist and uh, Josh Burson we're talking about uh, a few weeks ago on another webinar. Um, Skills have been central to the conversation for a long time, but the technology is different now. And a lot of the things that we can bring to bear are different now. And so as a result, there's been a lot of new terms that have been thrown out there. And so that's where we're going to focus our efforts today is trying to to shed light on some of that, trying to demystify uh, the jargon of, of skills. And So I think the first thing we want to talk about here, John, is something that uh, appears a lot in a lot of the HR tech uh, copy that's out there. And this is agility and mobility. So let's talk about agility and what that
0: means. Sure. Yeah. And and distinguishing it between mobility. um, When you think about agility, talent agility specifically, it's the ability to adapt, to change, and to do it in a very proactive way active and organized way and not in a reactive bootstrapped way. And in the type of uh, market we're operating in today, even there's a lot of challenges that some of which are foreseen, some of which can come at moment's notice and being able to take steps to implement change quickly and confidently um, is at the utmost importance because you can't afford to, to wait. You can't afford to find out what comes next. You have to be ready and you have to be able to implement change quickly. And so the whole impetus for having a strategy around talent agility is to make sure that you can confidently know in the context of skills, what what skills do you have in the building? What skills do you need to be able to put into practice in certain scenarios? And how can you make shifts happen that take that that context into account? Um, And then in the context of the mobility term that gets used quite a bit, that's more about who do you have within the organization and what are you doing to make it possible for them to move into different roles. And so some cases, those can be very complementary. You might be moving someone into a different position or having a different focus area, depending on the types of skills that they possess and where the needs are the strongest for those skills to be applied um, and making sure people feel like there's uh, there's an understanding of why they're being moved into roles and and where those skills that they possess are being applied, I think is very important. So knowing where to use the terminology and how to apply it uh, becomes important, not just from the perspective of people managers and talent management, but also employees in terms of expectation setting and understanding the context behind the decisions that are being made, but the knowledge that's being possessed by the organization. So um, those, those two, I think, do get used a lot and sometimes there's a little bit of a misunderstanding of how they're applied or what kind of meaning that they have for an organization.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And it's it's definitely um, you know a two-sided uh, thing, agility, right? And, and mobility is central to that. And like you said, that understanding of an employee, here are the opportunities available to me, here are the reasons why I would be good to move into this position or this other position, right? So that when they're approached, with it or when it becomes available it's not uh you know i know how to research what this is or you know what what they're going to be asking me to do so um so yeah super important to have both sides of of that coin uh and when you talk about agility you talk about jobs and and gaps and things like that and so now we start to get into the conversation of how are we evaluating employees how are we evaluating the workforce and it you know is it jobs versus roles versus skills and, you know, some of the shift that's happened recently in that area. So if you want to talk, let's dive into that a little bit.
0: Sure. Yeah. They're, they get thrown a lot, a lot. And for good reason, there's, there's a lot of reassessment taking place on the people we have, the skills they possess, the jobs to be done, the, the, you know, org chart that we have, and do we have the right skills that we need for the types of things we need to be able to accomplish? So. It's top of mind for, for hiring managers, for talent acquisition, for uh, talent management and people managers alike to get a really good understanding of the people. And you have to look at the people from these different lenses. And, and that's the only way you can actually do it, an accurate and dependable assessment. So when you're thinking about jobs, it, it's really what you would what you associate with like a title, right? And, and where, where does that title fit into the, the org and how it's constructed. So the hierarchy, the different leadership teams that exist and individual contributors that align to a strategy that's determined by leadership, right? And it's it's a defined job, right? It's what you would see when you go to a career site and you're looking for the next opportunity or you're evaluating uh, what openings an organization has. It's, it's the actual job, but every job has roles, right? Everyone has a thing that they do when they show up for work and a responsibility that they have to follow through on something that's expected of them, right? And in some uh, contexts, that's one or two things, uh, depending on the type of job that it is. But if it's a more senior role uh, with with a lot more of a uh, potential impact on the organization, there could be a plethora of roles that a person has. And that that can actually change and deviate over time, depending on the, the demands being put on an individual from the business, And then skills are what underpin that and make it possible for the execution to actually happen against the responsibilities that someone has, right? So knowing what skills are needed today to be able to effectively drive value and impact and what is gonna be demanded of individuals in specific roles in the future, equally important. So that's where getting an understanding of how do you assess skills? How do you know who has what they need and what they lack? How do you know what types of skills are going to become more important over a period of time? All of that underpins the value that a, a contributor in a job with specific roles and responsibilities are able to apply in their in their day to day.
1: Yeah, and so you know, as we've kind of shifted from this job centric approach to the to use some more jargon, uh, skills forward or skills first. Uh, That's where we're starting to see uh, some of the new technology that's out there. And so, you know, taking a step back, I think historically the problem has been, okay, we understand the importance of skills. So now we need to figure out how do we, how do we attribute those skills to the jobs we have in the organization? Because we know jobs and we know skills, but how do we get the two together? And so, um, so there's been a lot of different approaches out there. you have skills databases, you have skills taxonomies, you have skills uh ontologies you have skills architecture so why don't you kind of take us through that journey? Let's start at like the database level what does sure. that what does that mean from an organization perspective and then from as as you mature up the technology ladder, you know what are the differences
0: sure so today organization's approach to skills is not a one-size-fits-all approach. There's different ways that perception of skills is understood. There's different ways that it gets documented. It's, it's uh, you know, there's deviations in how that gets drawn upon for inference and decision-making. Um, and, and at the most basic level, it's it could be captured in a database, right? And in that context, it's a place where it's stored and where it's accessed and where it's updated, but there may not be a rhyme or a reason to how that data is organized, right? And when you evolve that approach a little bit further into the taxonomy type approach, you're actually categorizing a bit more and you're, you're actually understanding, okay, different relationships between the, the data that's being put into that database. And what I would say the jump from an ontology means would be you're actually associating skills and you're getting more of a tangential understanding of if these skills are possessed by an individual and these skills are possessed by individuals that elevated into a, a different type of position within the company. There's an association between those, and perhaps someone that possesses these. A logical next step would be to give them learning opportunities or exposure to growth, uh, you know, potential for growth opportunities that allows them to get that skill and and know that there's logic behind why those are associated, why they're being recommended, and. How someone could be inspired to actually take a consequential action based upon what they're seeing and a dynamic skills architecture stays up to date with that type of interaction between an individual and learning opportunities and taking advantage of those and getting endorsed by peers or leadership for actually having and possessing those skills and putting them into practice and it stays up to date at at a real-time basis so decision making on current state and gap analysis that can help inform where you go from a future state standpoint is all of a sudden dependable. And it's, it's not something that requires a lot of manual effort to keep up to date and refined. It's always on in, in a true automated fashion. So therefore, at any given time, a talent management team, people managers can use that data and apply real meaningful change in terms of how they interact and engage with employees.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's especially important that the jargon here is, that's why we're trying to, to kind of tease this out, is that if you make the wrong decision here, so being skills forward, that's one decision, but also implementing the right type of skills architecture is also super important, right? And I think you kind of hit on it that one of the most important parts of it is that it's constantly updating itself it doesn't fall back to the talent management team to keep it updated, right? Right. So, and then the other thing is from an ontology standpoint is the relationship, right? And those are relationships that if you sat down with a, a spreadsheet or a pen and paper or something like that, you could try maybe for the next decade and probably not tease out the same relationships that the large amount of data that goes through these models will tease out, right? So it's just that's that's the purpose of leveraging the ai into the skills architecture not only is it going to save people time but it's also going to make inferences or semantic matches that humans may not have made and because they just they can't experience that much data
0: right, right. and and i think one co- thing that makes it even more complicated for organizations that are trying to go up this ladder and take this approach is sometimes this is being tracked and maintained whether through a database or databases or different taxonomies and ontologies and centralizing it and having a kind of single source of truth that these types of inferences are drawn upon becomes that much more important so that you're actually working from a collective set of data that can then allow that AI to be that much more impactful and continue to grow and and drive more contributions to decision making over time. Right,
1: right. And also, it allows you to very easily hook up data from outside of the organization. So market factors and things like that, right? So that's, that's the beauty of that skills architecture is that not only is it aggregating all of your internal data, but it also allows you to pull in external data and use that to help in the decision making as well. So that leads us to our next little bit of jargon here, which is the dynamic skills architecture is central to something that we call and the market is uh, referring to as workforce intelligence. And so, what does workforce intelligence mean for for organizations? What what is the benefit of using workforce intelligence to make decisions?
0: Sure. So today, when you think about employees and And the whole purpose behind a lot of the technology that's in place is to is to make sure that they're growing, that they're being nurtured, that they're getting exposure to opportunities, that you're as a leadership team, putting them in a position to be successful, to feel connected to your brand, to feel like they know what journey they're on and where they're going next, to feel like they're part of something bigger. And right now, just standing up a talent marketplace and giving someone access to it is of course an important step in the right direction because you're engaging them with opportunities. You're giving them an opportunity to raise their hand and say, hey, I may be looking for growth opportunities. I may be looking for a new job within the company. I I might be interested in stretching myself and maybe making myself available for a gig or a project or getting connected with a mentor that has uh, an opportunity to lend skills and experience and exposure to what they've done over the period of time that they've been in their career that I can then apply in my own context. Um, but What's missing from a lot of that is the other side of the coin, which is what are the people managers that are responsible for those employees? What is the talent management team that's responsible for the organization overall? What are they doing with the data that's being gathered as an employee interacts and engages with the talent marketplace and all the complementary technology that can be made available through it to upskill and evolve and help them grow and develop. And so this is a, a, a really uh, complementary component um, that's that's basically delivered through what we refer to as employee relationship management, where you're getting a go-between to be able to use the data, the context, and what AI can deliver in form of recommendations to help support and know at any given point in time where your employees are, where they can be, and what you can do to play an ins- instrumental role in getting them there. Um, and it can lend itself to decision-making processes as far as successors you know, for roles that you have that are mission critical and and God forbid, they get vacated, what's your next step? And why are you taking that next step, right? So the context that's afforded in that um, scenario is, is lended to through workforce intelligence and it draws upon a dynamic skills architecture to help make those decisions that much more impactful and easy to implement. Same with skills gap analysis. How do you know who's uh, possessing specific skills within the organization in what roles, and where do you need to actually go to inform talent acquisition, possibly, to go out and find those skills where you don't see opportunities to grow them from within, right? And and knowing that that's a dependable set of data that you can make that kind of determination from and take that consequential action with. So workforce intelligence is bringing together employees, managers, talent management um, into a true trifecta to to really make these decisions and do them in real time on an ongoing basis. And they can also have a corresponding impact on performance and how you're evaluating whether the people you're putting in a position to be successful are in fact having benefit from the decisions you're making. Um, And do they feel like the the opportunity to grow um, is, is truly being personalized for them in context of where they are in their career. So it's, it's a true transformative, element to how you use the the database and the ontologies and the the data that's at your fingertips and you're actually applying meaningful change with what you have at your disposal
1: yeah at its heart the, the dynamic skills architecture is powering a recommendation engine right and workforce intelligence is just essentially a recommendation engine for the trifecta that you talked about, right? So it's for your employees, it's recommending jobs, roles (laughs) as we define them, right? Uh, Learning opportunities, upskilling opportunities through mentorships, through gigs or projects, things like that, right? For talent managers, it's making recommendations on very similar things. Where should employees move in order to make the most out of their career journey and also maximize the value to the organization? Right. And then for managers, it's m- making recommendations around how to help manage their employees, how to n- foster not only their career growth, but also foster the team's growth so that the team could be uh, more effective. So that that for me is 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 what it boils down to when you when you say workforce intelligence, it's just quality recommendations on what to do next as an employee, as a talent manager or as a as a team manager. Right. And. Um, and I think that one of the things that um, that drives, and you kind of touched on a little bit, well, one of the things that drives the quality of uh, recommendations is personalization, right? And so that brings us up to another uh, uh, jargon term that you hear a lot, especially these days because of its importance to uh, the conversation that we're having, in, and that's employee engagement, right? And... Not only is it jargon, but to me, it's like super nebulous jargon. Mm -hmm. And so, and I know that you know you and I have talked about this in the past about like what does it mean to engage an employee and what like so why is it why is the conversation becoming more and more important? And then like where do you where do you see that that going as far as this is great for employee engagement, this is not great for employee engagement. What makes that what makes employee engagement good?
0: Right, I I think. Employee engagement is a word that's getting used a lot, perhaps overused, because there's actual fear about what happens when you're not engaging employees. There's known, there's plenty of known examples where when employees aren't getting the appropriate level of engagement, it has a consequential negative impact. What is that? They, they detach, they look elsewhere for opportunities, they don't feel connected, and they take their business elsewhere. And what comes with that is a cost, right? It's the the time, the effort, the money that you spent onboarding, enabling, and giving them tacit knowledge that can be applied to how your organization performs and competes, right? In your industry. And so there's a, not, a known uh, impact of not engaging enough, but I think that the consequence of that fear being injected into the people that can actually do something about avoiding that from happening is that there's there's this propensity to turn the dial up on engagement, but more is not necessarily better, right? <laughs> Just because it, it's truly that that saying of everything in moderation, right? Uh, there's such thing as too much of a good thing, <laughs> and so more uh, pizza parties, for example, that's engagement, but is that going to save people from leaving a company? Right, right. More more uh, outings with the team, right? potentially could bring people together and and, and instill connectivity. But the more you multiply these types of activities and things, is it really making a true difference in a a person's day-to-day and what their perception is about them, their role, their contributions to the business, their growth trajectory, and how connected they feel to your brand, enough to want to stay and and actually make a long career of, of their time within your company. So this is where, uh, we're at that 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 crossroads where organizations know you can't get away from engaging your employees, but it's also known that employees demand a, a very personalized type of engagement that's very catered to who they are, where they are, what they aspire to do, what's next for them, what types of things they can actually bring to the table for the organization where maybe they're not currently being uh, demanded to apply themselves and and actually finding a way to bridge that gap with personalized recommendations that make sense in context. And so having the ability to draw inferences from data and giving uh, people managers and talent management a go-between to be able to analyze, assess, get recommendations and take consequential action, you can see where this is going. It's, It's putting people in a position to actually engage, but engage appropriately, right? With the right types of engagement uh, that, that actually feel right to the employee.
1: Yeah. And it's it's there's also this element of employee marketing, right? Where uh you know you there's a certain amount of touch points that you, you should be having with an employee. More is not always better, right? It's the quality of the touch points you're having. And what you re- what you really need is not only a, a manual. Way of being able to reach out, but some some type of system that will help automate your outreach as well. So it's not it's talking about the dynamic skills architecture, saving you time um, by keeping things updated, right? It's also saving you time by by making like I talked about that recommendation engine, making that personalization um, easier for employees to access, easier for you to push out to employees as either. An hr business partner or uh you know uh, their manager um i think that's a big a big part of it too i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't say like do away with the free t-shirts because <laughs> uh, i'm a big fan of those but um, but making it contextual to their job making you know every spending time with your employees with your uh, colleagues is always good but Spending time with colleagues that can potentially help you move in your organization, and and knowing that going into an engagement versus that guy's title is something that I want, or you know, is it even related to what I want to do? Right before you sit down, and you know, you you're, you're drinking coffee, and you you know, waste of time for you, a waste of time for somebody else, right? So, um, so I you know I I have always been real passionate about the how you engage. And I, I f- wholeheartedly agree with you that it's quality over uh, quantity for sure.
0: Yeah. And and hopefully just listening in today, some of the, the terminology that gets thrown around, we've started to glue it together. And I, I think the order that we went in even shows that some of this stuff builds upon one another. The more you have an understanding of how your organization is approaching jobs, roles, and skills, how you're putting a foundation in place to actually assemble data, make determinations from what it's telling you, take consequential action, measure impact, right? These are the types of things that get you from talking about it to actually using it and and seeing what kind of an actual impact that that's having on the way your organization addresses employees and their growth, their development. And ultimately, if you're doing all things right, retention, right? So um, I, I would be interested to hear if there's anyone in the chat that has any other terms, things we didn't touch on. <laughs> <laughs> or if we gave them a headache just by naming these. these Too many
1: jargons. <laughs> um, well, I think you made a good point about building onto things for sure. Um, so I'll use another, uh, some more jargon. You, you got to walk before you run, right? So I, what we talked about is, is a big thing, but that doesn't necessarily mean it all has to happen at once, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I think that, understanding where you're going having the vision but you know taking it in digestible chunks um not to i i would argue that this may or may not be jargon but change management is (laughs) also um something that comes up as we start to talk about this stuff and so i think it's understanding the technology that's out there and understanding that you don't need to boil the ocean that when it comes to employee engagement like just starting is the right answer mm-hmm. right and then you know get, moving on and, and building from there I think is is uh, super important to uh, versus trying to do everything at once so
0: right and and the more that it gets used, the more that you take this approach, the more that impact is felt and it creates a, almost like a contagious element of I want more of that I want to start using that more because I'm seeing the kind of impact that it's having. It's not simply, oh, I, I played a role in helping my employee get new skills and we can check the box and say, great, let's get more skills, right? It's it's where are those skills being applied? What kind of an actual impact is that having on your goals and aspirations for what that ind- individual is contributing, right? The more you start to see that actually happening and feeling like you're you're empowered to continue doing that and scaling that across a team or an org, now you're feeling like, When that moment comes where we actually have to make a drastic shift we're ready we're doing it we're not reactive we're proactive we're we're ready to go um so back to square one on on talent agility um, and talent mobility you feel like you can actually make those things a reality for the employees and for the org and feel like you did it the right way
1: yeah as as uh, as Devin says in the chat here, uh, a snowball effect, <laughs> um, which uh, today, given the heat, is uh, pretty erotica. Uh, <laughs>
0: I, I wouldn't mind a big snowball right about now. Yeah,
1: it's uh, it is a little bit <laughs> oppressive. Um, and uh, so, just in closing, uh, one more thing that I, I think is is important to mention here is that uh, dynamic skills architecture is. Is central to uh, to workforce intelligence and talent management, uh, but it also, I mean, once you have a skills architecture in place, you can use it in your talent acquisition practices. You can use it in, to to extract skills from just about learning content, whatever you might want to right. And 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 it's it's something that's scalable to the organization and the whole approach to talent intelligence, right? Not just for the workforce. So. Um, so i I think that that hopefully we have illuminated uh, a little bit more about what it means when people say these terms about what you should pay attention to when people talk about the 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 things that they're bringing to bear from a technology perspective and where you can challenge directly on is this going to stay up to date? Is it going to take into account multiple data points right is it how is this going to uh, keep me from having to sit down with my spreadsheet or with my databases and 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 keep doing the work over and over
0: again, right?
1: That's that's ultimately where you want to end up,
0: right? And and I think we we touched on it a few times in the conversation: the ability to ingest data from other sources, uh, the ability to centralize the data that you're using to draw these determinations and make decisions the more that you you bring it all together, the more your organization can feel the impact of that, right? That makes it possible for a talent management and talent acquisition team to really truly work as a team and make decisions together based on the people that you have and the people that you're bringing in and why. Why are you bringing certain people in? Why are you making decisions about what you do with the people you have? Um, and I don't feel that that is, consistent with most organizations. And I think that this kind of an approach really helps truly bring teams, tools, and technology and approaches together to make bigger impacts. So it's exciting stuff. And the jargon means something at the end of the day.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yep, absolutely. Workforce intelligence is a data-driven approach to talent, right? And it's not meant to replace qualitative assessment. It's meant to support qualitative assessment with data right and at the end of the day um, you know the' old saying if you can't if you can't measure it it doesn't exist right so if you if you have created a way to measure the talent you have and the talent you need in, and and standardize that across the organization then ultimately, not only will your org benefit, but everyone that works for your org will benefit as well. So, yes, the jargon definitely means something, and it means, from my perspective, it means it means something good. Um, so, but uh, we'll try to to not use too much of it when we're <laughs> <laughs> we want to sound like like marketing e, but not marketing e.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So striking <laughs> a balance, right? There is too much of there's such thing as too much of a good thing. So yeah. we'll we'll try our best as we continue to educate and, and share what we're learning from uh, our customers and our engagement uh, with with organizations that are trying to break through some of these boundaries, uh, making it palatable and easy to understand. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> so, uh, Mr. Harrington, thank you very much. Thank uh, you. Um, uh, Devin Foster, wherever you are. We love you, uh, and uh, everyone who listened in to Talent Experience Live this week, uh, we appreciate you, uh, and hopefully you're looking forward to uh, the next Talent Experience Live, uh, because we're going to keep doing them. Uh, We got plenty to cover, so thank you, everybody, and stay safe, and we'll talk soon.
0: Thanks, Sean. Talent Experience Live, of course, is proudly brought to you by the good folks here at Phenom, whose purpose is to help a billion people find the right job. Our intelligent talent experience platform, which helps candidates find the right roles faster. Employees evolve in their current roles and beyond. Recruiters achieve some next level productivity and managers build better teams with data and analytics. And of course, all of this is powered by super slick artificial intelligence and machine learning. So head on over to phenom.com to learn more. While you're there, Check out the promo for I Am Phenom. It is right on the homepage. Don't be afraid to click on it. See who keynote speakers are going to be. See what session tracks are happening and everything in between, including networking and
1: party.